Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School's the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. Now, there's more than one reason why we say that and confess that out loud at the beginning of the class, but You don't want to wait halfway through the class to decide if something's happening for you or not. Uh, Yes, if we're hearing the Word of God and the Spirit of God is involved, that will be happening if we're receptive. Our inner man getting built up, nourished up in the words of faith. And um, as we've studied in previous uh, classes, faith is the victory that overcomes the world The spirit of faith is the spirit of the overcomer. Uh, People talk so much about, you know, mental health. And um, a lot of folks, you know, are on a variety of prescriptions and a number of other things trying to help control uh, depression and and fear and anxiety and, and all these things. But friend, there's a peace of God that passes understanding that's connected to faith in God. And there is, instead of having to try to, to, to uh, deal with these things and, and keep them at a, a certain level, you can be completely free from fear. You can be free from oppression and depression and heaviness. And it's the truth that'll make you free. And God's word is truth. Uh, Get your Bible, get something to make a note with, and come into the classroom with us. Turn off everything. Don't try to do several things at one time, and don't tell me about multitasking. No, (laughs) nobody can do multiple things at one time. You say, well, you hadn't met me. No, listen. You can bounce back and forth between things quickly, but that's not doing two things at the same time, and when you're checking this, you're missing something over here. When you're bouncing back and forth, you can't, you can't help but, uh, but miss something when you're doing that. And God's things deserve your respect and your full focus and attention. Amen. Don't you agree? Yes. The class thinks so. Father, all of us agree is touching this, uh, asking you for your holy uh, spirits working and moving the anointing that teaches and reveals and guides and helps us. Uh, Open uh, unto us, Lord, your word. Open our understanding and add to us excellent knowledge and understanding and revelation of truth that makes free. Answers for today. We reach out. We know it's your will for us to have it. So we know you hear this prayer so we know our, our petition is granted us. And so we thank you in advance. We thank you by faith for this. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Go with me, please, in our great textbook, the Bible, 
to the book of Hebrews, the third chapter. Hebrews chapter 3. In our previous study, we had been looking in 1 John about uh, faith being the victory that overcomes the world. And we're still talking about being an overcomer by faith, but we're, we're going to a specific area now of what we're overcoming by faith. And this is laid out here in Hebrews, the third chapter. Hebrews 3 and verse 7. He said, Wherefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you will hear his voice. Now, this is a quote from the 95th Psalm, and you'll find it repeated several places. It says, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, or that can also be translated tested me, it also has the idea of challenged me, proved me, and saw my works forty years. Wherefore I was grieved with that generation, and said they do always, always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways." Isn't that something that you could see God move for 40 years and still not understand how he functions or his ways? And not because it was beyond your understanding, because that's what God wanted all along. He wanted you to understand and adopt his ways and work with him. But being around something doesn't mean you automatically get it when it comes to spiritual things. You, you can grow up around uh, faith. You can be around people that have strong faith in God. That doesn't mean you automatically have strong faith in God. Uh, every, every one of these cases have to be personal. You got to get to know God for yourself and learn who he is, not who somebody else said he is but learn him for yourself and get to know his ways. His ways. Do you want to know his ways, class? Yes. So just everybody say it out loud. Father God, Father God forgive, me forgive me if I haven't paid close enough attention. I paid close but I say I desire, I say I desire to know you, to know you who, you are, who you are, what you are, and to know your ways, how you work, how you do things. Your ways are right, and I hunger to know them. In Jesus' name, amen. Reveal them to us. Uh, he said, uh, they do always err in their heart. Now, if you were not with us, we actually were looking at some of this in Numbers chapter 13 and 14. You know, when the spies went into the Canaan's land and come back out, and they brought a, most of them brought a bad report, and Caleb and Joshua had a good report, but the majority of the people believed the bad report and ignored the good report. And this is what he's talking about, because that was the group that then wandered for 40 years. He just got through referring to that in this passage. He said, uh, Verse 11, I swear in my wrath that they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren. Now see, he's, he's referencing 
what happened to them. And then he applies it straight to us. Take heed means uh, watch out, be aware of, be wary of, be warned about. About what? Lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Now we're going to see this as we go further, but he's, he's referencing, the Spirit of God is through the writer, referencing what happened to the Israelites that God delivered out of Egyptian bondage through all those amazing miracles, only to later uh, that whole first generation died young and died wrong, wasting their time and life out in the desert instead of going into the wonderful good land of Canaan that God had prepared for them. Why, why should you and I be talking about this, something that happened so long ago, something in the Old Testament? You know, you'll hear people so many times today, they say, well, you know, this is the age of grace, you know. Uh, that's in the Old Testament. Well, you know right away, they don't know much about the things of God because God never changes. And to speak uh, slightly of the Old Testament uh, shows a serious lack of understanding because the New Testament is full of references to the old. Isn't that right? I mean, what's he doing right now? He's talking, this is, Hebrews is New Testament, but he's talking about Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy, what was recorded there. Why? Because he says, take heed, watch out, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. This is something we'll be getting into as, as we go in this study, that there's more than one kind of unbelief. There is an unbelief that is the result of lack of knowledge, lack of understanding, you could say ignorant unbelief. But then there's another kind of unbelief that's not the result of ignorance. It is unpersuadableness. You know, but you refuse to believe. And that's what he's referring to here that he calls evil. An evil heart of unbelief. And he's cautioning us. He said, verse 13, But exhort one another daily, while it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. You know, sin covers a lot of ground, James says, to him that knows to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Well, see, that's, that's what happened with those folks in the, in the Old Testament that wandered in the desert. They knew some things. They saw some things. As we study this, it becomes more and more apparent. They knew way more than uh, people tend to think they did. They had seen all those miracles in Egypt. How could they not know that God was real? How could they not know that God uh, could do anything? And yet what you see is that seeing miracles, being around miracles, doesn't give you faith. And that you can be around the most astounding evidences of God's 
reality and goodness and person and power and still harden your heart, stiffen your neck, and refuse to believe. And that is what this verse just referred to as evil or bad. So we don't want to be that way, right? We don't want to be hard-hearted, dull-headed, <laughs> stiff-necked, right? Slow to believe or refuse to believe. God has never given anybody a reason to doubt Him. Never. He has never lied to anyone, even one time. <laughs> Everybody He ever spoke to, He told them the absolute truth. Is that right? Yes. And He has never failed, never failed to fulfill His Word and to keep His promise and to keep His commitments. Never. There is no reason to doubt Him and every reason to trust Him. Huh? If you're ever going to trust anybody, <laughs> you should trust God. Right? <laughs> Why? Because the most wonderful human being you know has come up short. Right? Either through just not knowing some things, being wrong through ignorance, or just not having the ability to come through on something. But not God. Not God. He's never failed. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll never let you down. Hallelujah. He said, heaven and earth will pass away. But what I say to you, my word, it will never pass away. Oh, somebody say, Lord, I trust you. I choose to trust you. Hallelujah. Now, uh, that should be obvious. But reality is, you and I are in the small minority of the billions on the planet. Most of the inhabitants of earth do not trust God. Billions of them don't even believe in Him. Or they pray to rocks and statues and worship idols that have never answered a prayer and never will. And so in that way they are rejecting the one true living God. So faith is not everywhere plentiful. The scripture said, and, and Jesus said when, when the Lord returns, you know, shall he find faith in the earth? What does that mean? It, it's rare. It's precious. And relatively few that are even saved, Jesus said. I know we, you know, you don't like to think that way because what about all the rest of the folks? Well, the truth is, everybody has a choice. And anybody, anywhere, can believe if they will choose to. And they can trust. Sadly, many are not. That's one of the reasons we're talking about this. We're, uh, we're hopeful and, and even expectant that others will find this broadcast. Hallelujah. Or that people who hear this will contact other people, who will contact other people, and stop this hard-heartedness, stop this uh, intellectual unbelief, and uh, acknowledge 
what you know in your heart. Why? There's a being who gave us life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. People say, well, there's, there's no evidence of God. That's being blind. Everything around you is evidence of God. The law of gravity, the presence of oxygen, your next breath is evidence of God. The scripture tells us that even God's eternal power, his wisdom, his might, the Godhead is clearly seen in the things that he made. It's amazing. He's bigger than the vastness of the galaxy. What kind of being can do that? And people say, well, well, no, 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 preacher, that was the Big Bang. That's not science. That's a theory. A theory means you don't know. You weren't there. And this theory about everything just self-generating, spontaneously springing to existence on its own, we have no experience in the natural world that anything self-created. Ever. And so why would you believe such a thing? No, that's not science. That's a belief. And it's it's deception. The Genesis account is science. Yes, it is. And is reality. And a lot of things happened before humans got here. And there was a, a resultant state that the earth was without form and darkness was on the face of the deep. And God spoke. Whoa. (laughs) This is the one you call Father. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, my. This is the one who calls you son and daughter. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. You are my very own Father. I am your very own child. I believe in you. I always will. I trust you. I always will. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm just elaborating on the point that you can see the most amazing miracles. They did all those miracles in Egypt. And then all the provision. I mean, they saw the Red Sea part. They saw manna fall out of the sky. They saw water spring out of the rock. They saw the pillar of cloud over over them and leading them. They saw the pillar of fire. Uh, They heard the voice of God literally, audibly, coming out of the mountain of fire. You talk about being around evidence of God. And yet, they refused to believe. Refused to trust. And the reason we're talking about it is because this and other New Testament scriptures say the same thing. Warn us about this evil unbelief that is so pervasive through the earth and is actually contagious. But thank God, faith can be catching too. (laughs) You hang around this bunch? Yeah. Yeah. You, you'll catch some, some more faith too. The, the, the positiveness, the, uh, the truth, the uh, uh, expecting victory and, and just the spirit of faith. 
it'll get on you when you hang around people of faith. It'll affect you and influence you. That's what you want to do. He goes on to say, verse 14, we're made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. It requires what the Bible calls patience. Another word for it is perseverance or endurance. Uh, things don't just all happen the first day or two when you step out to trust God and walk with God and, and believe with Him. And one thing you've got to learn about Him is His amazing patience. I mean, He's been around we don't know how long. And He will say things, and sure enough, it'll come to pass a thousand years later, <laughs> 10,000 years later. And to Him, that's like a day or 10 days. And we are beings of such short time. We've only been around such a short, short time. And, you know, little ones, they, any amount of time seems like huge time to them. If you, right? I mean, if you tell a three-year-old, when, when's it going to happen next year? They're like, oh. <laughs> next year, I mean, that's like into the next millennia. I mean, right? <laughs> right? And yet... Uh, we know as adults, next year is not that far away. Especially you get a little older, you're like, man, I th I th we just changed our calendar, right? I mean, what was it? <laughs> it's already 22, it was just 21, and 23, and 24, and whoo, it's time to leave. But um, he said, hold the beginning of your confidence steadfast to the end, while it is said, today, if you will hear his voice, Harden not your hearts as in the provocation. Now, what is that, the third time he said that now? Uh, quoting Psalm 95, uh, that is a danger. And that's what he's warning us about. And, he, and we're being exhorted, take this seriously. Do not hear these things and think, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be hardened. Oh, well, I'm, I'm not going to be you know, hard-hearted and, and, and refuse to believe, well, then he's wasting his time talking to you about this. This was not, I guess this was putting a word for somebody else. <laughs> uh -uh. No, child of God. When the Bible says, take heed, what should you do? What does that mean, take heed? For one thing, take it seriously. And take it personally. Oh, class, that was worth you coming today. Yes. Right? right? What, what is it? Take heed. When the scripture says, uh, behold and, and take heed and be warned and uh, whatever. What, what does that mean? Okay, take it uh, seriously and take it personally. What does that mean? I need to watch out for this. Not in a fearful way, but just knowing the Lord wouldn't tell me this if there weren't strong reasons why. And so what you see, why does he say, don't be hardened, don't harden your heart, um, hold the beginning of your confidence steadfast to the end. The, the word said, he that believes shall not make haste. He that believes shall not make haste. That means you give God time. Time tries trust. Through faith and patience, you inherit the promises. 
you'll find these examples that we're going to study of people that did the wrong thing. Flesh is fearful and impulsive and impatient. And it is so sad. You hear uh, children and you hear youth sometimes that they broke up with a girlfriend or a boyfriend or they were embarrassed at school or whatever and they're ready to commit suicide. And some do. It's, it's so sad because just from an adult perspective, I mean, all of us can relate. There was a time when you knew nothing about matters of the heart, whether you were so insecure and so you thought entirely too much about what other people might think. And when that, that pain hits your heart from some rejection or some embarrassment, then the thought comes, well, I'd rather be dead. I mean, life is not worth living. But you, you know, fast forward 40 years and you're looking, you look back and go, no, child, just <laughs> go have an ice cream and take a nap. Is that right? <laughs> and in a few years, you won't even remember what those goofballs said, right? <laughs> And who will they be, you know, who are they now? What does it matter? But see, that's a perspective they don't have. Like um, my father in the faith, Brother Hagin, used to say, you can't put a grown head on a kid. <laughs> what does that mean? They, they just can't see it like you do. Because you didn't see it like you do back then. But what am I saying? Uh, he said, hold your the beginning of your confidence, steadfast to the end. Give God some time. Everybody say that out loud. Give God some time. If you're watching him and something seems so horrendous and so unbearable and to the point where you're just thinking, I, I just want to check out. I just want out. I'm telling you, things can change so quickly if you'll give God time. Let's pray a prayer. Everybody say that out loud. Lord, Lord I, trust you. I trust you. It's never as bad, never as, bad. as the devil makes it out to be. My eyes are on you. I'm trusting in you. Relying on you. Waiting on you. And you will bring me through. Bring me out. And the victory will be to your glory. Thank you, Lord, for taking care of me. Hallelujah. Friend, do it. Do what we prayed. Don't do something rash. Don't do something you can't fix. Because if you're a Christian, you're not your own anyway. Uh, you belong to Him. Your body belongs to Him. And He has good things planned for you if you'll just give Him some time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give him some time and let him show you. That's what the psalmist said in Psalm 91. He said, with long life, he'll satisfy me and show me his salvation. Another translation said, he'll show me how he can save. But that means you gave him some time. And you know, uh, if you reach long life, you made it through some things. Is that right? <laughs> We love you. 
we're in agreement with that prayer that we just prayed. So we expect you to see, we expect to see you back for the next class here. We'll see you soon back here in Faith School. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.